Welcome to episode 120 of The Space In Between, and this is our one of our last interviews for a little while. We're going to take a break, and I'm so excited because this last interview is with one of my dearest friends, Dante Paleo, who is now the artistic director of the Limon Dance Company. I'm so proud of him, and I cannot wait to share him with you all and we had him on about a year and a half ago and so much has happened since then so oh, I, I can't wait to share his story with you all and and sit with him so before we get there a couple things happening in Nomadland one we have our retreat in Mexico I'm so excited to be traveling again uh, we will be going there in November, November 3rd through the 9th. So save the date. And if you sign up now this month, this May, and you are the first or the next three people to sign up, we have a giveaway for you. So if you sign up, pay your deposit, you will get 45 minutes visionary session with Amy and three months of the nomad membership with me. So we'd love to see you love to spend some time with you and get to know with you and go to Mexico with you. So go ahead and visit nomadalwaysathome.com to find out more. And now let's go ahead and sit with Dante. And we're here with Dante. Dante Paleo. I knew him when. <laughs> Hi, Dante. Hey, Phoebe, how are you? Good. So Dante has been on the podcast, The Space of Between, before. One of my dearest friends from college and dancing over the years in the city. And I knew him when, before he was now the artistic director of Limon Dance Company. And the last time we actually met um, for the podcast, you were, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I knew there were mumblings about this interview to become the artistic director and you were sharing um, your journey of like what the life of a dancer is. So how has life been recently? Wow. <laughs> That's a loaded question. I know. <laughs> um. Uh, it's been all the things, you know, it's been a lot of great, cool first firsts, um, you know, a lot of learning, a lot of mistakes, uh, a lot of learning how to deal with those kinds of new mistakes. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like every time I, I approach something, it's like, oh, this is hard or this is goes against who I am. I just keep you know, saying, I'm like, well, this is just an invitation. It's an invitation to look deeper, deeper. It's an invitation to, um, you know, see how far, you, you know, you've come in your own journey about how you present and how you behave and what you want in the world. Uh, so I feel like there's just a lot of, it's just been a lot of tests. Yeah. Um, which I feel like has been true for, for everybody. You know, this, this time has really done that. Yeah. Um, you know, just been underlined by a new position, um, a leadership, a new level of leadership. You know, a lot of that is just sort of um, amplified Definitely. experience for me. And just so, I mean, I kind of know the timeline of everything, but the last time we had you on, there was, I think, August 2019. And so you were mm -hmm. still a professor and an yes. adjunct professor and uh and you were I knew we didn't talk publicly but I knew about these interviews and then you got the announcement that you were you had this new position when yeah um let's see I went in for like the interview year around September October yeah. and there were you know send another letter have another conversation another interview uh and then I ended up finally getting the phone call about a week after we went into quarantine <laughs> in March of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a time. I know. And just to paint a picture for everybody else who don't hasn't followed your career, but you were dancing with Lamone really since college. I mean, right after college. So this has mm -hmm. been like 20 years in the making. 
A little bit, yeah. That was the second company I danced for after graduation. Uh, the first was Carolyn Dorfman Dance Company. Uh, then after a couple of years of being with Limon, um, I went to explore my first love. You know, I love musical theater, so I did some of that. Uh, and then, you know, I got a little... I needed a new change, a new scene. <laughs> so I went back to Limon. Unfortunately, we all worked out where someone was leaving and I was coming in as a guest artist. And there was just like this beautiful time where it just sort of overlapped. And yeah, then I was with the company for another seven, seven years at that point. And then I retired to get my master's and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then my research during my master's was really about how to make mid-century modern dance relevant for the 21st century artist and audience and why this work should matter and does it. So that research really led me, I feel like led me into this position because like that was yeah. without knowing it, I was like, well, how should, like how can this work be shown today so people care about it? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there with were... no like, with no forethought. It wasn't like, oh, I'm doing this for that. It was just like, this is my interest. And it led me to the place. And I mean, I know even just, you know, observing you in, in college too, I mean, even just the movement, what you were attracted to, the movement of Limon was, you know, there was already instilled in you. So I just can see all of these little breadcrumbs that you were taking over the years and building mm. up to this moment, which was a week after quarantined that you got this position and kind of like I could, could I say like your dream job? Yeah, like, you know, you don't even, I mean, for me, I didn't even know that it was a dream job. Mm, you know, I never yeah. really saw it as something that was possible for me. Like, mm. even being a dancer was so far-fetched. I was like, oh, well, I'll do this, but, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know if mm. I'll ever, like, be in a company. And then you get in a company and then you're a solo. So I was like, wow, I didn't even know I could dream of that. Like, I didn't yeah. know that was possible for me. So I feel like this is just another one of those steps where I was like, wow, I didn't know that this was... I didn't know this was something I could do, you know, and you're still questions like, well, am I capable of this? Like, you know, that imposter syndrome that loves to just be like, you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and that conversation is a constant conversation. Um, but here I am, <laughs> I know. you know, and it's like, you know, you show up, you do the work and you hope you're making, you're doing, you're making decisions based on what you think is the best thing, you yeah. know, based on what you know, and you just hope that it, what will make the difference and you t and I know I can speak directly to that you do show up and do the work you know this isn't just mm -hmm. something that you imagine like oh maybe I could or like you said I didn't even know this was possible you show up you show up in so mm. many different ways so I can see this was a long time coming from a bird's eye mm. view from an, a spectator's view I could totally see this coming. And I think that if there's anybody out there who deserves it, you totally deserve it. Now, the situation of it being in quarantine, um, maybe not necessarily the gift that I would have given to you, but I also, I know who you are and you're so creative. And so I almost was like, of course, this is the person who's going to have to um, navigate these waters during these times. So I'm really curious to know, just like, first of all, how did that feel? Um, and then, you know, what, what were, what, what did it look like those first few weeks or months or whatever it was for you as you tried to yeah. find your ground? Well, life gave me limon and I made limonade. <laughs> Have you said that one before? Uh, Okay. I've been dying to use it, dying to use it. Yes. I used it the other day in a text and I just like came out. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to use that one. It was sad. <laughs> so this, is, this is the first public yes. appearance of that terrible joke. Yes, it was made here on the space in between. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my but for real though. <laughs> Let's be grown up now. Okay. Yeah, not serious. Yeah. Talk serious. Talk. Um, it gave the opportunity for all that change. All that change needed to happen for this com for this company for the foundation, and it was like a time where it was like, okay, let's do it. You know, like even like simple stuff like the social media needed to be rebranded. The, yeah. the the brand needed to be rebranded. A new website, a new logo, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, now is the perfect moment. 
Mm. We're not performing. We're not doing it. Let's pull back. Let's really look at who we are, what we're doing, why we do it. Um, you know, we hired an agency, of course, to help us with the logo and the design and the brand and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, they kept coming at me with all this really great stuff, you know, beautiful, inventive, creative, fun, but like none of it felt right. Mm. And then one day I was just looking through, you know, the archives and I found, you know, something he had handwritten and then his signature. And I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> duh. Like, it's never been done. Mm. Like, the whole point behind what I'm interested in is revealing who Jose Limon was. Mm. Like, that's my interest. Like, get to know him. You know, I got to know him through his movement. The world gets to know him through watching the movement. Mm -hmm. So what we are, what we represent, you sh should be seen right away. So just his name, that signature, I felt like, mm. was the first step of just, okay, we don't have to get fancy. We don't have to have all this cool stuff going on. Let's just... His signature, that's the name of the company, that's the brand. And that felt just, you know, weighted, it felt right to me, and that just sort of laid the groundwork. So every time we make a decision, it's like, who are we, why are we doing this, and how can we move forward with that information? Mm -hmm. um, so that's where, all the, that's where everything kind of just keeps going back to. It's like, what's the purpose, what's the purpose, and what's the result, what are we doing, how's it coming out? Yeah. I just got chills when you just told the story of finding his signature and just like, ah, cause yeah. that, and I didn't realize that. I mean, I've been seeing the branding and I've been loving it. I've been loving the social media and I'm on the newsletter. So Ooh. I get it. And, and nice. just, I just felt like, oh, Dante is all over this, but I didn't realize that that was <laughs> just actually literally his signature, his, his handwriting. And that's just so beautiful mm -hmm. that has, it's, there's so much more depth to it. It's not just like, oh, that's a really cool font. Um, there, there's that depth. That's beautiful. And, uh, I, yeah, there was something else that you said, but I just lost my train of thought. So just, <laughs> <laughs> but right. yeah, but no, I absolutely love that. And, um, what did it look like you were saying that there were all these there were all these people coming at you with this and then you had that moment of clarity and so was everybody just fully on board right away or did you have to do okay that's great no i saw they're like yeah of course that makes the most sense like mm. how come we haven't thought of that yet i know that's what i was thinking <laughs> you know i mean of course you know when you know when you when you show it to them they take it and they you know do what they do as yeah. you know brand ambassadors and stuff like that um, or as, you know, designers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is the signature. And even like, you know, it's like the L-I-M-O-N. And then there's like a line underneath that mm -hmm. he does. Mm -hmm. And then like even that line, like then we can do institute, company, you yeah. know, like outdoor, like all of our different branches. You yep. know, it even just fit in so bright. So as soon as I showed that, everyone was like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Awesome. It was an easy style. It was an easy style. That's beautiful. And so that we're just kind of touching on the branding of it. But now what how, what else has that looked like for you in terms of the creative, like artistic director side of things? <sighs> Let's see. Um, well, we had to, you know, reimagine everything. It's like, you know, there's no more getting into a studio. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Um, you know, there's no more performing in theaters. What does that mean? Um, you know, and I was really interested in doing more virtual stuff anyway. I was really interested in creating some dance films mm -hmm. and just looking at the work, like taking the work out of the proscenium mm -hmm. and having people experience the work in a new way. And I don't think I would have had as much support for that because money would have needed to be spent elsewhere, mm -hmm. studio rentals. You know, wherever else money needs to go when we're talking about a dance company that's touring and yeah. dancers' salaries and, you know. But this time, we were able to be like, okay, well, now we can take some of that money that would have gone to those other places and invest in other ways of getting the work out there. So we're able to do a couple of, like, bubble residencies where the company goes away from the city. You have find a campus that has a theater, a rehearsal space, and then you rehearse and then you perform it for the camera and of course when you do that you can't just have the one camera in the back but you need like the camera on the side and above mm -hmm. and underneath and following the people around so that way when you're watching it it's not just this flat visual yeah but you can really be engaged mm -hmm. so looking at the work from this new place was just visually something important to me 
because mm. we didn't have anything. You know, other companies that were more prepared were throwing that stuff out there right away. They were like, mm. okay, cool. We have this other work. And I was like, oh, we don't have any of that crap. <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's make some cool work. Yeah. Um, and then with that, you know, I'm looking at not only just how the work gets presented, but how it's performed and who is performing these works. You know, this company is celebrating its 75th anniversary. Yeah. And in that 75 years, things have been done a certain way. And I'm interested in exploring gender, you know, um, changing the costumes, changing the lighting, introducing different media aspects so the work can be, so people can, the, the work can have like new life breathed into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can look at it and we really look at the intention of the original idea mm-hmm. and see how we can use 21st century modalities to tell that same story. Um, so there's this one piece called There's a Time and it's based on Ecclesiastes. Um, Jose wasn't a religious person, but he was very spiritual and he yeah. loved pulling from the Bible because the stories are so rich and Shakespeare and legends and all this all this inspiration he was able to find everywhere. So in this particular work, it's Ecclesiastes and it's time to be born, time to die, plant, reap, sow. And so this work really does pull out all of these different aspects of what it is to be a human, to be alive. We all experience birth and death. Um, we all experiencing, we all experience love and hate and war and peace. So in this work, it's always been performed a certain way, certain types of costumes, gender, always doing the same roles. Mm -hmm. So in this presentation, in our last performance, I changed a lot of it. So there's this one section called time to to speak and time to be silent. And the woman is always doing silence and the man is always doing speak. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you know, we're living in a different moment. You know, we need to hear women speaking. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to see ourselves on stage and be inspired by that and then do something based on what it is that we see. Um, so that was a that was a big investigation and a big departure for us. Um, we have our performance at the Joyce, a virtual season of the Joyce coming up starting May sixth. Yeah. So this will be kind of like the first time New York <laughs> sees this. Um, you know, we had a live street performance from Kotzbahn, which is where this was filmed. Um, you know, and it was received really well, but it hasn't, you know, we're, we're getting to that next level now where it's more people will see it and more people will be engaging with the work in this way. So I'm a little nervous about <laughs> how it will be received, um, you know, because some people are like, yes, it's about time. It's amazing. Yes, do these big changes, you know, but there's a whole generation that is honestly, you know, scared or doesn't, you know, they think that doing that type of thing is ruining the intention of what Jose thought, you know, and, you know, ruining the work, you know, and that's part of what I have to contend with. I just hope that I'm doing it with the most respect, yeah, but with the most forward thinking momentum as well. Yeah. And he was very much a forward thinker. And so it just, it feels to me that, you know, it's like Limon dot, dot, dot. And then it's, you know, you're picking up that next dot to continue. What would he have done in this time and space? That's how I feel just listening to you and, and with just specifically the image of the man speaking and the woman being silent. And now it's that we're flipping that, right? Because we are shifting that paradigm here collectively. And so for you to mirror that sounds really powerful. So um, I'm, I'm excited to experience that. And, mm. and I know, yeah, you're right. There probably will be people who are more like traditionalists or purists and want it you know, and that's everywhere. I mean, that's even in the yoga world where I come, you know, I've been studying for the past, you know, 20 years and, you know, people want it to be the traditions that were being passed on for hundreds or thousands of years. Uh, but things are changing and evolving. And yeah. I love that you're taking that initiative. Um, so can you explain a little bit more about what that's going to look like. So you, so the bubble residency, is that something, can you explain a little bit more to somebody who doesn't know what that is and, um, and then what the Joyce will be? I think yeah. by the time we air this, it'll have already run, but All right. just so people kind of have an idea and then maybe they can follow up later and find yeah, us. Yeah. 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 Um, 
So a bubble residency is where the company will go to a place and create its own bubble. Like no one can come in, no one can go out. Yeah. So in this case, we went up to a place in upstate New York called Katzbahn. Mm-hmm. It's in Tivoli. Like and they have these beautiful dance studios and they have housing right on campus. Um, our food gets delivered. So there's no, there's no interaction between us and the outside world. We have the studios to ourselves. There's no other companies there. And then we just, you know, are saturated in this experience of putting on this one show. Um, we rehearse every day from 10 to 6. Uh, we have three or four weeks. And then the camera, then the cameras, the camera crew comes at the very last two days. And again, it's the same type of situation. They come in, but they're like separated from us. Mm-hmm. They're masked. You know, it's like a very safe everyone's tested before they arrive there's a ton of protocols in place and this was in december yeah of so things were no vaccine it was still very heightened yeah. in terms of that kind of um safety mm-hmm. uh so they come in and they they film the show they film the performance and then they leave and then we had a couple more days after that where we talked about reconstruction and the reconstruction process really trying to give this next generation of dancers tools that I never got Mm. as to like how to carry the work forward. So I talked about my process and how I staged the work and why I made the choices I made. And then I give them an opportunity to do a little bit of the same on each other. Mm. Uh, But yeah, so like that's the bubble situation. You come and you have like this (laughs) very protected place where you can can dance and we can perform mask free and we can partner and roll all over each other and do all this stuff without any fears of, you know, infection. Um, yeah. We have three more coming up this summer. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, I'm really- yeah and, that, and that all sounds because of COVID specifically, but I mean, that reminds me of when I, when I have done a couple of retreats situations, you know, um, it sounds almost like your own personal Jacob's pillow, right? <laughs> Yeah, like your yeah. own your own bubble, like you said, your own bubble where yeah. you get to it it sounds ideal to me. Like you don't have any other outside distractions. You get to be with your art, be with your community and just dive into it. That's really beautiful. And had yeah. you ever done anything like that previous to COVID, um artistically, where you had this opportunity to just not have any distractions? Yeah, we used to, when I was in the company, we used to go up to Brockport, SUNY Brockport, and we would have like two or three or four weeks there where it's like an intensive, Um, you know, but of course in that situation, you can still go downtown, you can still go to restaurants, Mm -hmm. you still take little weekend trips away. Um, And I love those, like similar, I felt like it was a great opportunity where I didn't have to work, I didn't have to worry and walk a dog and do this other stuff and you know someone's birthday there was no distractions I could just focus um and yeah a lot of work gets a lot of really beautiful work gets done there and like you know it's very bonding to be with a group of people in that time you know so much is revealed yeah and you become a family you know it's like little things may annoy you about people but it's like you love them like brothers and sisters yeah uh so i I love those situations and I want to create as many of those as possible for the company because the company like as, as it is now is a young company. When I joined the company, there were people that I was dancing with that had been dancing the work for 30 and even 40 years by the time I got there, you know, the most senior member of the company now is six years, Mm -hmm. you know, and beautiful six years, a lot to offer, but six is different than 40. And of that 40, that was someone who had danced with Jose himself. So my connection to Jose was different than the current company. They didn't, they don't have that sort of connection that way. Yeah. So what I'm hopeful is these types of bubble residencies and these saturated moments of time together offers them that ability to connect with the work in a way that maybe they wouldn't necessarily have before. Yeah. And then also thinking forward in the next coming, you know, in the coming years, when we have these, we can bring some of those, we call them the Lamont elders, or we call them, I like to call them the OGs, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> original gangsters coming up, um, get, you know, have them spend time with us. So then they do get some of that. Yeah. Uh, with that generation so they can get as much information to pass down. 
Yeah. When you're just speaking about it, I was just thinking how it's just richer. This experience is just richer. And, you know, I didn't dance with you in that situation, but I danced in another company where we traveled a lot and we got, we got to be close together, but it was, you know, driving, you know, seven hours and then running the show and, you know, doing tech and, and, and it was, you were like a family, like you said, and in a whole different way, it was like, actually like the worst possible situation like that you could be with your family but we still you bonded in a really beautiful way because of that but this sounds like it just is so much richer and I'm wondering if you kind of and it sounds like it it is you're envisioning this as part of the new future is that you're going to create more and more of these bubble residencies not just because of COVID but this is going to be just another element that you're bringing um, to this experience for the company yeah, I want there to be more of a focus on the process versus yeah. the product. Yes. You know, I, and I, as many opportunities as I can to have the company just focus on being creative mm-hmm. versus producing. I think I think everyone will be happier. I think the dancers will feel more satisfied. I think when we do produce something, the audience will feel more fulfilled and engaged because the process will have been more thought out. Um in a way that doesn't necessarily happen if it's like two weeks, you put on a show, you make it happen, you go. Yeah. Um, which will happen as well. You know, there's a balance. Like we yeah. can't always afford to just create for four weeks and then have nothing to show for it. You know, that's also not just on business wise, <laughs> always possible. Yeah. But I will continue to push for that because it makes the, when we do go into that two week produce, produce moment, Mm -hmm. they have so much more to pull from because they've had time to experiment and play. You know, you need time in the lab before presenting a cure. (laughs) So it's like, let's like, let's give them that. Let's give them that time to just make big mistakes and little mistakes and see what you learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And you are, so you have a few of these bubble residencies. One, it will, let me go back. The Joyce isn't a bubble residency. That is just revealing what you said was recorded in November. Um, yes. But it's going to be exposed, like you said, to more people through the Joyce membership or um, su- right. subscriptions, right? But then you have yeah. some other bubble residencies this summer. So where are they go- going to be? So our first one is at um, Shakespeare and Company, which is also in the Berkshires. And this is a new commission with a choreographer named Olivier Tarpada. He's from Burkina Faso. And he, I met him a couple of years ago at University of Florida, and he has like such a great charisma, just like so natural and easy when you're in the room with him. You just smile and laugh right along with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I first met him, he was telling me, he was telling us, he was sharing his research and telling us these stories about growing up and they were so similar to Jose's early years that I was like, wow, that'd be so cool to pair his work with Jose's work. And I just kind of put that on a back burner because I didn't even know that I was, you know, there was no site set about being directed to make that kind of choice. Um, And then I started as artistic director and the Joyce, the Joyce had like the Joyce stream or some kind of like Joyce conversation with choreographers and I'm watching and then Olivier turns up and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And then he starts telling similar stories. I was like, oh. and then my executive director was like, I love this guy. I want to work with him. And I was like, I've got just perfect, perfect. Like that's what I was thinking. So it was like kismet. So we got on a call with him and I said, you know, I'm interested in working with you. And he was like, I'm interested in working with you. So let's make this happen. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, super, super cool. And he's such a fun, nice guy. I think I think his charisma and his work will pair well with Limon's, especially with the two of like their stories being so similar. Yeah. And it's like these stories that were so formative for these two different artists, decades yeah. apart, continents apart, you know, but then bringing their work together, I think is going to be magical. That we will get to see in spring of 2022. Okay. So these couple of weeks up in the Berkshires is just a creative process. We have three weeks where he gets to play. There's no product. There's no filming. There's no live stream. There's just, you guys are locked in a studio for three weeks. Go just make and play and see what happens. Um, So I'm so excited about that. I think it's going to be really cool for everybody. Yeah. Um, 
And then we go to Steamboat Springs, Colorado. There's mm-hmm. a there's a place there called Perry Mansfield. And that's where you've and been. Jose, mm-hmm. And Jose was actually there in the 30s. Oh wow. And he painted all these little tiles around a fireplace. Okay. Um but he hasn't been back, you know, the company's never been there. You know, we've never been we've never been there as a company. So it was mm-hmm. like, you know, we were talking, I was talking to the director there, and I was like, so what do you think about a collaboration coming there this summer's a residency? And you know, it worked out that this we can go there as a company. We have two weeks to play. We're just playing. Yeah. And then we have two weeks where students actually come and we'll have an, like an intensive. So, okay. of course, it'll be similar to everything. Everyone's vaccinated. Everyone gets tested. You know, mm-hmm. there's a big protocol to make it work safely. Yeah. But this one, we're going to... There's a piece of Jose's called The Winged. And it happens... It's about all these different, you know, birds and nature and this whole... It's just such a beautiful work. It came out, like, later in his in his development and has like a very kind of like Merce Cunningham feel and it's a beautiful work and it's really different than most of his other works. Um, but I've always had this dream of like bringing it into nature and having it be filmed like a David Attenborough, Planet Earth. Um, and as it so happens, there's a dance film that Jose had created of him in process with this work. And he's talking about each of the sections and he's like, oh, this is based on the harpies, this mythological, and he's telling the story about these birds. And this, you know, and he's breaking it down. I was like, ah, if we can take what he said and overlap it in this dance film where you see it happening, it would be literally like the David Attenborough Planet Earth-like Whoa. experience. And you didn't so, know those existed. Be, Sorry, you didn't know those existed prior to this idea. Not re- like I knew there was a film, but I didn't know that he spoke about the work in this way. Okay. It just was like, I was like, oh. I can use, that would be perfect. Ah, like, oh it kept, like, supporting, like, it was, yeah. like, a self-supporting, you know? Yeah. Um, so we'll be in the Colorado Rockies, and there's, like, an Aspen Grove, and there's mountains in the back, but there's all these different landscapes. So we can film all these different sections of this work with Jose's narrative and the music, and we, create, we can create, like, this really beautiful film. So we're doing that, but we have, you know, four weeks to do it. You know, so there's no rush. There's no, like, create a product and go. You know, there's space. We can experiment. We can use the time in the studio and then play with it outside. If it doesn't work there, we'll try it over here. Where does, you know, just a lot of space, I think, will give this work the richness. Um, And a whole new way to look at the work. You know, we've never looked at it through this vision. We've never looked at it through this perspective. Yeah. Um, You know, and then if there's a bigger implication, climate change, if it gets a little political in terms of, how we're looking and treating the earth through this. You know, Jose maybe not have intended it, but it's a reality that we're facing now. Mm -hmm. So for us to not talk about it seems tone deaf to me. Yeah. Um, So how can we incorporate his ideas, his work, that intention with our realities? And, you know, through film, like now's the time that we can do this. Um, So I'm just really excited about that one. And then the last one is going to be um, University of Minnesota um, is hosting us okay. and we're doing an intensive first so students will come and we'll teach and then we'll have two weeks at the end where a choreographer, choreographer from Mexico is going to come and work with the dancers Okay. and I love this project specifically because there is a piece that Jose had created called Tonanzitla and it's not a strong piece. It's not one of his best. You know, some of the lost works are lost for a reason, and this is one of them. Mm. Um, but it's about this small chapel in Mexico, and like the Mexican Baroque art in it. It starts off as an Indian chapel, okay, and then there's like this Mexican Baroque art, and you can see like how the different iterations of religion and cultures that came through this part of Mexico influence this church. Okay, so thinking about the piece and the bigger picture of it, it's really about colonization. Yeah. You know, like things taking over. And I was like, well, how interesting would it be to have a young Mexican choreographer be in conversation with one of these works that Jose had created about colonization Mm -hmm. and have him talk about it in a new work of his. So I'm like paying, you know, the idea is to pay homage to Jose's legacy as a Mexican choreographer that came to America and created work and then support that 
vision yeah. and continue to create some kind of space for that type of accessibility to continue to happen. Yeah. So I'm really stoked about that project too, because I think it's going to be really engaging and okay. a whole new way to look at the work. Oh my God, Dante. <laughs> Who knew? I got chills like 500 times hearing you talk about these three works that you're going to be a part of, that you are this co-creator of. And just, and, and also thinking about the history of your own history. Like you said, you met him, Olivier, Olivier, Olivier. Yeah. Olivier, um, yeah. yeah. You met him, you know, a couple years ago and sort of didn't think about it and thought, oh, that's an idea. I mean, you just like all of this, you had like these little moments where you thought, oh, that might be a good idea. And then finding something that was just like laid out for you, um, like, here you go. Ah, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. like, you know, you're doing all this work and I'm thinking all this and then, you know, I send it out and I write about it and, you know, try and drum up all the interest, but just kind of sitting here talking about it is like, we are very revealing. Like, wow. Like, that, that's exciting. That's <laughs> freaking manifestation right there. 101.507. Yeah, I, so. I don't know. Yeah, you... <laughs> That's amazing. And it sounds it's and there's so much intention there and so much integrity that I have no mm. doubt that it's going to be just absolutely beautiful and it'll be accepted to the, the world. Um, I cannot I wait. So. I cannot wait to experience it in whatever way uh, and whenever it comes my way. But oh, thank you for doing what you're doing. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that's just freaking the summer. Yeah, that's where we're, that's that's for starting. That's like my kind of big kickoff. <laughs> you are leaving your mark, my friend. I'm trying. Yeah, you know, it's like this company, this work. It made a real big impact on me. Yeah, um, you know, dance in general just saved me. Yeah, you know, it's like I was not a happy person before I started dancing. Um, dancing changed my life, and then this work changed me again in a new way so you know it, it's it's it, like I have to do it like I have to figure out a way to give what has been given mm -hmm. or what I've taken maybe yeah there's something about that yeah I, yeah, I love it you know I love the work I want it to go somewhere yeah can you speak a little bit more to that if not you know the way that dance transformed you. We talked a little bit the last time, but can you just speak to that for anybody who doesn't know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, up until, you know, I had a lot of um, body issues and I was overweight and I was really unhappy. And like a Friday night at 16 or 17 for me, looked like playing Super Mario Brothers and, you know, eating as much food as I could eat. You know, I wasn't out. I was bullied. You know, all of these it's you know these are not unique stories but they were mine mm -hmm. and I didn't handle them well and it was finding dance that I was like oh okay this is what I'm supposed to be doing you know it's like you know my, like when people talk about me when I was younger they're like oh you were such a happy person you know so much fun and so outgoing and I was like never felt that mm -hmm. like that's the, that's the way it may have looked but it would never have felt you know mm -hmm. um and then once I started dancing, I started to feel the joy that I guess I was putting out. And I started to be like, it started to be real for me. And I was like, oh, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And now I'm like authentically actually happy. Mm. Uh, and then when I discovered this work, it was the bridge between who I was as a person and that rush of like learning how to do steps right. You know, mm -hmm. I was like learning how to dance. I'm like I wanted to be good, wanted to be right. And Limon bridged that. Like it, mm made all of this out. I was like, oh, this is, steps are just a vehicle to expression. And I finally learned how to express myself and now I finally learned how to do steps, right? <laughs> and then Limon joined those two for me. Mm. And so it only, like said, that path sort of just kept revealing itself to me over and over again as, as much as I kept putting into it, as much as I kept getting out of it. Yeah, oh, that's so beautiful. And I feel like I probably met you right in that time because you came into UArts as a junior 
And I I don't remember having any other classes with you except with Gabe's class. Yeah, and I that, yeah, that was the class. I know that was the class that we were together, but I'm sure we had other classes, but like that class you were just shiny. You were the star and I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> um it, and That's I amazing. what's that? That's amazing. I didn't you know, you don't see it that way. Like, I remember just being like this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, no. You were getting the steps right then. <laughs> you were no, getting... I wasn't. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I think Aaron, do you remember Aaron? Yes. He came up to her, she goes, I don't understand how you do it. She's like, you don't get any of the steps right. She's like, but you just do it beautifully across the spaces if you did. <laughs> well, you faked it for me. I was just like, okay. He just, and I found out like you just had started dancing like a year ago. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> but loved you but absolutely loved you and just saw this light in you and and it's interesting because I probably met you in that transition period where you weren't feeling so happy but you were starting to starting to feel maybe a little bit more confident in this oh this dance thing right and and leaning into it more and and building that confidence and I feel like Gabe was was one of those bridges for you and gave you a lot of um, confidence and opportunity for growth there Uh, and so I'm really grateful that I got to witness that and and from a spectator I didn't know that but also we we all have our own friggin story so I had my own story going on you know at that time space but yeah, um, I just feel, yeah, I just feel honored that I've been able to witness some of this growth over the years and also be a part of it. You know, I dance. I can, I danced for Dante back in the day. <laughs> I almost wore my Paleo shirt today. Oh, wow. 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 Didn't even know I did that. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> you still do it. I think a thousand percent. Yeah. I think that I saw something you teaching like on social media or something. It was like, there's his wah. I can't remember. There it is. There it is. Um, He's always, well, you know, my, my, my husband and I, we, you know, we're working from our, Mm -hmm. we have been working from our small New York apartment. Right. Um, and (laughs) like he goes into the bedroom to take his meetings while I'm teaching class and his colleagues will be like oh is Dante teaching class again because all we hear is one two three wah, wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah. yeah now yeah, the the most important question is now who is going to be reversing it and doing it on the left <laughs> good question because I am That's no longer question. in your life to do that I was you. about to I was about to say what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there uh, well, fortunately, I don't, I mean, not fortunately or unfortunately, but I don't really I know. I don't choreograph much. So yeah. it's, no, there's no one to make um, anyone do anything backwards <laughs> and on the left. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just do everything backwards and then on the left? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That and was. Face, and face a different direction. And so, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That was my job. That was my job in Paleo. <laughs> yeah. And flawlessly. Aww. Like, I think, I think you learned stuff going, okay, I know he's going to ask me to do this with the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Backwards. I just was already, like, already, like, transcribing it to just assume, yeah, this is going to happen. in real time. Yeah, in real time, time, yeah. Okay, I'll do this way, and then, yeah, okay, this side. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I have another question that is or is not related, but, you know, we were supposed to have this interview a while ago, and then, yeah, you know, one of my people said that your people contacted and said, oh, I'm doing a movie. <laughs> I, know. I was like, what the hell? What is happening in this world? What is happening? <laughs> my know. friend Dante, he's like in a freaking movie. What's happening? Tell me about this. Oh, I've signed a DNA, so there's not much I can tell. Okay. Damn. Um, but it's, we've been workshopping the past two months and it's been, yeah, a whole other world of working and it's been nice to be a dancer again. You just go in and you just do what you're told. Like there's no okay. creative problem solving. I don't have to fix anything. Okay. You know, my hours are from when I walk in until I leave and then I don't have to do 
Okay. And stuff. So that was that was a really nice change. Ooh. Wait. So can I ask one question? Because I have a. Sh- I, I think you can answer this. You're allowed to answer this. It's not your mama don't dance part two, is it? It is not your mama <laughs> don't dance part two. As much as I wish it was. <laughs> So for everybody listening, Dante was not always this beautifully modern dancer slash artistic director. He also was on reality TV. That's right. (laughs) On what network was that? What network was that? That was like... Lifetime TV, television for women. (laughs) (laughs) Your mama don't dance. In the episode that I saw you on, you were wearing MC Hammer pants. For sure. Purple. <laughs> Purple sequenced MC Hammer pants. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. Can you please tell that story? <laughs> Just yep, to keep it real here. We like yep, to keep it go. real. Yeah. So I had left them on. I was doing the musical theater circuit, done a couple shows. And, you know, <laughs> Project Runway was big at the time. And they were doing a dance version of it. Or so I thought. And they're, you know, calling dancers for a reality television show. I was like, this is it. I would love this. This would be amazing. You go and you interview and, you know, I'm telling my life story and, you know, just telling them all the things so they could find anything that's like a hook to make it interesting. So, you know, go to the audition. It's awesome. Fine. I get a call. Next steps. Can you do this? Can you do that? Oh my gosh. This is amazing. Okay. Amazing. Next steps. We're flying you out to LA for the big reveal. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, you get to LA and they put you up in a hotel and you can't speak or see anyone because it's like total lockdown. And then you get bust in individually to this place. And then you're like meeting the other contestants and you're like, oh my God, this is so cool. And everyone's like my age and everyone's cool and you're like yeah this is awesome we're gonna be amazing and then they go would you like to meet your dance partner we're like what <laughs> they're like well you're gonna meet your dance partner we're like okay okay <laughs> so we go downstairs and we're on the stage and you're sitting there and you're talking to marguerite derricks and ian zeeling and you're like in like this hollywood amazing they're like okay your partner is and then they pull up the curtain and there was my stepmom <laughs> who I didn't necessarily get along with that well you know and so therein lies the television drama oh my god yeah yeah and that's the term your mom I don't dance so all the boys were paired with their moms or stepmoms and all the girls were paired with their dads or stepdads yeah oh yeah and it was mm-hmm. special it was a special it was, one it was a special moment in time mm Mm. That was his big break. (laughs) It's huge. Something broke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We need to, we just got to keep it real here. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Um, So, what are you, well, first of all, I'm kind of interested in, and people also knowing a little bit of where you're at personally, because. All things have shifted for you a lot too in terms of the pandemic, in terms of where you were living prior to your job. And then, you know, you weren't with your your partner at that point, you know, living with you guys were together for a very gosh, has it been fifteen years or how long has it been now? Fifteen, yeah. Oh my gosh. Fifteen anniversary of March right now. So but you weren't living together because of just career paths and then you you can you just kind of speak to what that journey has been the past year? Yeah. Um, so we were living in New York together for, you know, our time together. And then after grad, for grad school, we both moved to California. He was ready for a new situation. California was very exciting to move to. And then after graduation, I got a job in Alabama. And he's like, well, I'm not moving to Alabama. I'll stay here. I've got a good job. Great. It's just for a year. We'll see how it goes. So after the first year, then I got a job in Florida. Well, I didn't know if I was going to stay in Florida because there's like a one-year position. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple months into the position, they're like, would you like to stay another year? And then we'd like to offer you the possibility of a long-term situation. And I was like, well, let me see what's going on. Let's talk to Lane, my husband. And he was like, yeah. He was like, let's, fine, we'll do that this year. Um, okay, fine, do it for another year. So now we're going on three years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, it was good. Like, we met when we were so young. It was 22, I was 28. You know, we've been together, like, 15 years, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, 
I think we both needed some space to kind of grow up on our own a little bit and mm-hmm. find our own path. And it was hard, but we just kept we just kept talking. You know, there was just yeah. a lot of. Um, <clears throat> I remember one time I told him. You know, I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting enough of this, and he was like, Oh, I can do more of that then. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was just like having the nerve to ask, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then trusting that he would hear it instead of get defensive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, wow, okay, that's cool. I wasn't what I expected, um, you know. And then there was, you know, then like later on, I was like, I need more of this. He was like, Well, that's the opposite of what you're asking before, so I don't know where. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's great. You're pointing it out because that means I don't know what I want either. So I'm just going to keep asking and we'll just keep trying. And it was a lot of just open communication, which yeah. I think was really helpful in that process. So now I'm in Florida. I get the position. He comes to Florida with me for a couple of weeks for the pandemic. We're just kind of hanging out in Florida, seeing what happens. <laughs> um, Before that you knew about the pandemic, like uh, he was just coming to visit. Yeah, he was coming to, or no, the pandemic hit and then I was like oh I got nervous I was like I don't even know if we'll be able to travel between states mm. so you have to come here oh, now. okay yeah you know I was like you have to come to Florida right now because I don't know what's going to happen yeah of course you can't shut down state borders but whatever I didn't know that at the time yeah and everybody <laughs> was, was in a state busy. of panic that I mean yeah. who knew who well, knew took, if they would oh yeah I took money out of the bank I was yeah. like the world is crashing you know I went yeah. full apocalyptic yeah so he came to Florida <clears throat> a couple of days later got the phone call about New York you know, move with you about, you know, the job with Limone. And I was like, okay, well, we have to move to New York. Let's shut this down and we'll I'll finish my lease here and we'll go. He's like, well, what are we rushing? We don't, you know, you can't start. And I was like, no, we'll probably be back in the studio by May. So I have to be back. Aww. You know, rush, rush, rust. And, you know, then we're moving up there and it's like, oh, we probably won't be in the studio until September. And this is like June. I was like, oh my God. So we moved up here for no reason. Yeah. And, you know, September rolls around. Well, we probably won't be until January. January rolls around. Well, we probably won't be in until January of 22. It's like, so I moved to New York <laughs> to like a 500 square foot apartment <laughs> for no reason. Like, no reason. Yeah, yeah no reason. You both were no kind reason. of done with the city from what I yeah. felt. And, yeah. you know, those years prior. Um, and paying probably like double or three times what you were paying before. So, yeah, so, that's and yes. now, but... You know, wah wah. He's now sitting next to a pool, my friends. So yeah, his yeah. life is not that bad. Yeah, yeah. So he ended up so, somewhere fabulous. Yeah. Just we're FYI. kind of okay. We're, yeah, don't feel bad for me yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, how was it when you guys got back to like together and living together in in the midst of this new career that you have in the pandemic and living in five hundred square feet? Oh, how was that for you too? A lot of challenges, a lot of rocky, you know, like you're going through your own personal stuff with mm-hmm. all of this as well as like, with your partner. But like, he's a really funny person. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the times we're able to like look at the comedy of all of this, mm-hmm. like just the fact that we haven't been together for three years and now we are sharing 500 square space, 500 square feet for all the time, 24 seven is like, <laughs> like, to go between the two extremes we just laughed a lot about it mm. um you know we'd pop open a bottle of bottle of um something on a friday night and just yes. laugh about the week <laughs> <laughs> you know like zoom phone calls and facetimes and all this stuff to just stay connected with friends you know you, we did the thing you did all the things that everyone did during quarantine yeah and we just kind of we just let ourselves feel the things we're gonna feel like Mm -hmm. you're frustrating i'm frustrating today okay i'm in your way i'm annoying i'm too loud whatever we were feeling cool i get it yeah you too okay great going to your little separate corners of the house but most of the time it was easy like Mm -hmm. most of the time it was just easy (laughs) Mm, i love that and i feel just like honored too because i you know i've known you i mean i've known you since college but i Lane came into my life when I reconnected with you. God, what is like 2007 or something? Yeah, uh, right. Well, yeah, and and just so I think you guys were together for a couple of couple of years, or I don't know math, right? But you had been. I mean, I know you were been together for a handful of years, but I just yeah. don't know how long. And 
And just being able to watch that too of you guys going through these different phases of your relationship, it's been really beautiful. And and you know, I was I was married. Well, you know that I was married, but people listening, I was married, and the four of us we would hang out a lot together. Oh, we're, yeah, yeah, we we're to, all bosom buddies. So you we used know, to make it awkward. Yeah, we always made it awkward. We always made it awkward. <laughs> my gosh the stories that we have um but what their point of what I was saying is that you know I always admired your relationship the two of you just that open communication even before you had that challenge of not living together and then living together and just I always really admired um how you guys respected each other and communicated in such an open honest way that I found out that I didn't have that in my marriage um (laughs) um but it was, it really planted that seed for me to move forward, you know, after that marriage is over to say, okay, I, I want this, you know, I've, I've had that, your relationship, you and Lane's, um, almost like as, uh, I don't want to say on a pedestal, but something that I want, you know, for myself, um, yeah. just the way that you guys just support each other all the time, you know, and, yeah. and when, and I know that it isn't just like, what's out on social media it's like it's it's like you guys are authentic and real and i've seen all of it like i've seen the behind the closed doors kind of vibe too like it's authentic it's real you guys love each other so you said something to me like so early on about um you know one of us had said or done something silly or stupid you know and the other one was about to say why would you do that why would you say that um, and the conversation was like, you know, you don't need to like pick on me or nag on me for things that I've done that I know that weren't good or right. It was like, mm-hmm. trust that I'm going to beat myself up more than you ever possibly could. And all that I need from you is for you to be on my side, even if I'm a little wrong sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess so. Like if you trust that the person is trying, is trying, mm-hmm. you know, to always be better and do better and you know that that person also goes home at the end of the night and goes oh god why would i say that why did i do that you know you do that yeah. post social anxiety thing that people do sometimes yeah um if you trust that your partner's doing that then you don't have to be that other person you don't have to be that voice in their head yeah you can be the person that's like it's okay you know it's like sometimes we do that sometimes you know and i think that has laid a great foundation mm. for us to know that the other person is like truly on the other person's side you know it's like you forget you forget something in the house why would you forget it instead of being like yeah i've forgotten stuff too yeah. <laughs> it's like even that, that little stuff i feel like it adds up yeah. that, that's the kind of stuff that adds up because it's not automatically like why would you it's oh my gosh that sucks i've done that too i'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm, how can i help <laughs> Yeah, I think, oh God, that's so beautiful because I I often think about, you know, everything is a mirror, especially those closest relationships to you. And so when you are in those really intimate moments, like, you know, living in 500 square feet, you're just looking at yourself, right? And if you're kind of being ugly to this person, they're going to reflect it back at you real quick, right? So just to have that being humble and just saying, oh yeah, I did that too. Um, just, yeah, drops that, that even not just that conversation to that person, but also for yourself, you kind of give yourself that permission too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's been, that's, that's been a, that's the one I always keep coming back to. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that makes the most sense for me. I love it. Oh, you have so much. I can't wait until... A year and a half from now, when we do another podcast, where it's like, where's Dante now? <laughs> oh, where is he? Um, but it's only it's only great, amazing things that are in your way. I mean, it already is. And I'm just yeah. so grateful that I've gotten to witness a lot of your journey. And I'm getting to share it out into this world in this little podcast here. And... Mm. Um, yeah, just keep going, my friend. Oh, man, thank you so much. It's so awesome to sit here and kind of reflect and talk about all this stuff. It feels good to, you know, share it and get it out and, you know, kind of see it, see it out there. And thank you for, thank you for creating that for this. This is awesome. Of course. So anything else you want to touch on before we 
say goodbye and also where can people find you too and all, oh, all over all over all usually over. bathroom walls <laughs> rest stops like that's really where i shine yeah, that's the dante <laughs> that's it right here yeah, I mean, you know, the normal social media, Facebook, so yeah. Yeah, Instagram, you'll find I'll be there. The Modern Dance Company, if you're interested to learn more about that, check all that stuff out. Yes. Um, any, um, yeah, no, I just think, like, this is a really fucking tough moment in the world. If you can give yourself permission to do the things you need to do and be okay with that, I think that's the most important thing. I think that's what's going to get so it's getting me through. Yeah. yeah. And we need art more than ever. And I think that uh, you're just in the perfect spot. And I know and I know that Limon is in such good hands. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, Date, I love you. I love you. Thank mm, you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I hope you had a wonderful time with Dante. I always get to enjoy spending time with him and love sharing him with our community here. So if this episode resonated with you, leave us a review. We would love to know how this sat with you. And if you know somebody who could benefit from listening, share the love. We'd be so, so grateful you do. Last thing before we go, we're going to again take a little break from the podcast, but I will be back next week to wrap things up, put a little bow on it and wrap up this series to reflect upon the past six months since we've kind of dove into this year. And we now, if you want to spend more time with us, you can come over to our membership program. So we meet over at Zoom and soon to be in person very soon here. If you're in the New York area, have lots going on in our membership program, as well as an affiliate. So if you become an affiliate within our membership and you share the love within that, you will get some passive income, some extra goodies just for you. So go ahead, visit nomadalwaysathome.com, become a member. Let's see what kind of magic we can make together. Okay. Have a beautiful day.